This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tamaril from Godbox Cafe. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume 1, by Sir Thomas Mallory, Book 9, Chapters 36 to 39. Chapter 36 And when he came to the land, he took off his harness and sat roaring and crying as a man out of his mind. Right so came a damsel, even by Sir Palamedes, that was sent from Sir Gawain and his brother unto Sir Mordred, that lay sick in the same place with that old knight where Sir Tristram was. For as the French book saith, Sir Persides hurt so Sir Mordred at ten days afore, and had it not been for the love of Sir Gawain and his brother, Sir Persides had slain Sir Mordred. And so this damsel came by Sir Palamedes, and she and he had language together, the which pleased neither of them. And so the damsel rode her ways till she came to the old knight's place, and there she told that old knight how she met with the woodest knight by adventure that ever she met withal. "'What bear he in his shield?' said Sir Tristram. "'It was indented with white and black,' said the damsel. "'Ah!' said Sir Tristram. "'That was Sir Palamides, the good knight. "'For well I know him,' said Sir Tristram, "'for one of the best knights living in this realm.' Then that old knight took a little hackney, and rode for Sir Palamides, and brought him unto his own manor, and full well knew Sir Tristram, Sir Palamides. But he said but little, for at that time Sir Tristram was walking upon his feet, and well amended of his hurts. And always when Sir Palamides saw Sir Tristram, he would behold him full marvellously, and ever him seemed that he had seen him. Then would he say unto Sir Dinadan, And ever I may meet with Sir Tristram, he shall not escape mine hands. I marvel, said Sir Dinadan, that ye boast behind Sir Tristram, for it is but late that he was in your hands, and ye in his hands. Why would ye not hold him when ye had him? For I saw myself twice or thrice that ye gat but little worship of Sir Tristram. Then was Sir Palamedes ashamed. So leave we them a little while in the old castle with the old knight Sir Darras. Now shall we speak of King Arthur that said to Sir Launcelot, Had not ye been we had not lost Sir Tristram, for he was here daily unto the time ye met with him. And in an evil time, said Arthur, ye encountered with him. My lord Arthur, said Launcelot, ye put upon me that I should be cause of his departition. God knoweth it was against my will. But when men be hot in deeds of arms, oft they hurt their friends as well as their foes. And my lord, said Sir Launcelot, Ye shall understand that Sir Tristram is a man that I am loath to offend, for he hath done for me more than ever I did for him as yet. But then Sir Launcelot made bring forth a book, and then Sir Launcelot said, Here we are ten knights that will swear upon a book never to rest one night, where we rest another this twelve month until we find Sir Tristram. And as for me, said Sir Launcelot, I promise you upon this book, that an I may meet with him, either with fairness or foulness I shall bring him to this court, or else I shall die therefore. And the names of these ten knights that had undertaken this quest were these following. First was Sir Launcelot, 
Sir Hector de Maris, Sir Bors de Ganis, and Bleoberis, and Sir Blamor de Ganis, and Lucan the butler, Sir Uwain, Sir Galahad Lionel, and Galliodin. So these ten noble knights departed from the court of King Arthur, and so they rode upon their quest together, until they came to a cross where departed four ways, and there departed the fellowship in four, to seek Sir Tristram. And as Sir Lancelot rode by adventure, he met with Dame Bragwaine, that was sent into that country to seek Sir Tristram, and she fled as fast as her palfrey might go. So Sir Lancelot met with her, and asked her why she fled. "'Ah, fair knight,' said Dame Bragwaine, "'I flee for dread of my life, "'for here followeth me Sir Bruce sans pitié to slay me.' "'Hold you nigh me,' said Sir Lancelot. "'Then when Sir Lancelot saw Sir Bruce sans pitié, "'Sir Lancelot cried unto him and said, "'False knight, destroyer of ladies and damsels, "'now thy last days be come.' "'When Sir Bruce sans pitié saw Sir Lancelot's shield, "'he knew it well.' for at that time he bare not the arms of Cornwall, but he bare his own shield. And then Sir Bruce fled, and Sir Lancelot followed after him. But Sir Bruce was so well horsed, that when him list to flee he might well flee, and also abide when him list. And then Sir Lancelot returned unto Dame Bragwaine, and she thanked him of his great labor. Chapter 37 Now will we speak of Sir Lucan the butler, that by fortune he came riding to the same place thereas was Sir Tristram, and in he came in none other intent but to ask harbour. Then the porter asked what was his name. Tell your lord that my name is Sir Lucan the butler, a knight of the round table. So the porter went unto Sir Darras, lord of the place, and told him who was there to ask harbour. Nay, nay, said Sir Danham, that was nephew to Sir Darras. Say him that he shall not be lodged here, but let him wit that I, Sir Danaim, will meet with him anon, and bid him make him ready. So Sir Danaim came forth on horseback, and there they met together with spears, and Sir Lucan smote down Sir Danaim over his horse's croup. And then he fled into that place, and Sir Lucan rode after him, and asked after him many times. Then Sir Dinadan said to Sir Tristram, it is shame to see the lord's cousin of this place defoiled. Abide, said Sir Tristram, and I shall redress it. And in the meanwhile Sir Dinadan was on horseback, and he jousted with Lucan the butler, and there Sir Lucan smote Dinadan through the thick of the thigh, and so he rode his way. And Sir Tristram was wroth that Sir Dinadan was hurt, and followed after, and thought to avenge him and within a while he overtook Sir Lucan, and bade him turn. And so they met together, so that Sir Tristram hurt Sir Lucan passing sore, and gave him a fall. With that came Sir Uwain, a gentle knight, and when he saw Sir Lucan so hurt, he called Sir Tristram to joust with him. "'Fair knight,' said Sir Tristram, "'tell me your name, I require you. Sir Knight, wit ye well, my name is Sir Uwain, le fils de Roy Uraine. Ah, said Sir Tristram, by my will I would not have ado with you at no time. Ye shall not so, said Sir Uwain, but ye shall have ado with me. And then Sir Tristram saw none other boat, but rode against him, and overthrew Sir Uwain and hurt him in the side, and so he departed unto his lodging again. 
and when Sir Dinadan understood that Sir Tristram had hurt Sir Lucan, he would have ridden after Sir Lucan for to have slain him, but Sir Tristram would not suffer him. Then Sir Uwain let ordain an horse-litter, and brought Sir Lucan to the Abbey of Ganis, and the castle thereby hight the castle of Ganis, of the which Sir Blorbis was lord. And at that castle Sir Launcelot promised all his fellows to meet in the quest of Sir Tristram. So when Sir Tristram was come to his lodging, there came a damsel that told Sir Darius that three of his sons were slain at that tournament, and two grievously wounded, that they were never like to help themselves. And all this was done by a noble knight that bare the black shield, and that was he that bare the prize. Then came there one and told Sir Darius that the same knight was within, him that bare the black shield. Then Sir Darius yede unto Sir Tristram's chamber, and there he found his shield, and showed it to the damsel. Ah, sir, said the damsel, that same is he that slew your three sons. Then without any tarrying Sir Darius put Sir Tristram and Sir Palamides and Sir Dinadan within a strong prison, and there Sir Tristram was like to have died of great sickness, and every day Sir Palamides would reprove Sir Tristram of old hate betwixt them. And even Sir Tristram spake fair and said little. But when Sir Palamides saw the falling of sickness of Sir Tristram, then was he heavy for him, and comforted him in all the best wise he could. And as the French book saith, there came forty knights to Sir Darius that were of his own kin, and they would have slain Sir Tristram and his two fellows, but Sir Darius would not suffer that, but kept them in prison, and meat and drink they had. So Sir Tristram endured their great pain, for sickness had undertaken him, and that is the greatest pain a prisoner may have. For all the while a prisoner may have his health of body, he may endure under the mercy of God and in hope of good deliverance, but when sickness toucheth a prisoner's body, then may a prisoner say all wealth is him bereft, and then he hath cause to wail and to weep. Right so did Sir Tristram when sickness had undertaken him, for then he took such sorrow that he had almost slain himself. CHAPTER Thirty Eight. Now will we speak and leave Sir Tristram, Sir Palamides, and Sir Dinadan in prison, and speak we of other knights that sought after Sir Tristram many diverse parts of this land, and some yed into Cornwall, and by adventure Sir Gaheris, nephew unto King Arthur, came unto King Mark, and there he was well received, and sat at King Mark's own table, and ate of his own mess. Then King Mark asked Sir Gaheris what tidings there were in the realm of Logris. Sir, said Sir Gaheris, the king reigneth as a noble knight, and now but late there was a great jousts and tournament as ever I saw any in the realm of Logris. And the most noble knights were at that jousts, but there was one knight that did marvellously three days, and he bare a black shield, and of all knights that ever I saw he proved the best knight. Then, said King Mark, that was Sir Launcelot or Sir Palomides the Paynim. Not so, said Sir Gaheris, for both Sir Launcelot and Sir Palamides were on the contrary party against the knight with the black shield. Then it was Sir Tristram, said the king. Yea, said Sir Gaheris, and therewithal the king smote down his head, and in his heart he feared sore that Sir Tristram should get him such worship in the realm of Logris, 
where through that he himself should not be able to withstand him. Thus Sir Gaheris had great cheer with King Mark, and with Queen Labile Isoud. The witch was glad of Sir Gaheris' words, for well she wist by his deeds and manners that it was Sir Tristram. And then the king made a feast royal, and to that feast came Sir Uwain, le fils de Roy Urene, and some called him Uwain le Blanchemain. And this Sir Uwain challenged all the knights of Cornwall. Then was the king wood wroth that he had no knights to answer him. Then Sir Andred, nephew unto King Mark, leapt up and said, I will encounter with Sir Uwain. Then he yede and armed him and horsed him in the best manner. And there Sir Uwain met with Sir Andred, and smote him down that he swooned on the earth. Then was King Mark sorry, and wroth out of measure, that he had no knight to revenge his nephew, Sir Andred. So the king called unto him Sir Dinis, the seneschal, and prayed him for his sake to take upon him to joust with Sir Uwain. Sir, said Sir Dinis, I am full loath to have ado with any knight of the round table. Yet, said the king, for my love take upon thee to joust. So Sir Dinis made him ready, and anon they encountered together with great spears, but Sir Dinis was overthrown horse and man a great fall. Who was wroth but King Mark? Alas, he said, have I no knight that will encounter with yonder knight? Sir, said Sir Gaheris, for your sake I will joust. So Sir Gaheris made him ready, and when he was armed, he rode into the field. And when Sir Uwain saw Sir Gaheris' shield, he rode to him and said, Sir, ye do not your part, for, sir, the first time ye were made knight of the round table, ye swear that you should not have ado with your fellowship wittingly. And pardy, Sir Gaheris, ye knew me well enough by my shield, and so do I know you by your shield, and though ye would break your oath, I would not break mine, for there is not one here, nor ye, that shall think I am afeard of you, but I durst right well have ado with you, and yet we be sisters' sons. Then was Sir Gaheris ashamed, and so therewithal every knight went their way, and Sir Uwain rode into the country. Then King Mark armed him and took his horse and his spear with a squire with him, and then he rode afore Sir Uwain, and suddenly at a gap he ran upon him as he that was not ware of him, and there he smote him almost through the body and there left him. So within a while there came Sir Kay, and found Sir Uwain, and asked him how he was hurt. I wot not, said Sir Uwain, why nor wherefore, but by treason I am sure I got this hurt, for here came a knight suddenly upon me, or that I was ware, and suddenly hurt me. Then there was come Sir Andred to seek King Mark, Thou traitor knight, said Sir Kay, and I wist it were thou that thus traitorly hast hurt this noble knight thou shouldst never pass my hands. Sir, said Sir Andred, I did never hurt him, and that I will report me to himself. Fie on you, false knight, said Sir Kay, for ye of Cornwall are not worth. So Sir Kay made carry Sir Uwain to the Abbey of the Black Cross, and there he was healed. And then Sir Gaheris took his leave of King Mark, but, or he departed, he said, Sir King, ye did a foul shame unto you and your court, 
when ye banished Sir Tristram out of this country, for ye needed not to have doubted no knight, and he had been here. And so he departed. Chapter 39 Then there came Sir Kay the Seneschal unto King Mark, and there he had good cheer showing outward. Now, fair lords, said he, will ye prove any adventure in the forest of Morris, in the which I know well is as hard an adventure as I know any? Sir, said Sir Kay, I will prove it. And Sir Gaheris said he would be advised, for King Mark was ever full of treason. And therewithal Sir Gaheris departed and rode his way. And by the same way that Sir Kay should ride, he laid him down to rest, charging his squire to wait upon Sir Kay, and warn me when he cometh. So within a while Sir Kay came riding that way, and then Sir Gaheris took his horse, and met him, and said, Sir Kay, ye are not wise to ride at the request of King Mark, for he dealeth all with treason. Then said Sir Kay, I require you let us prove this adventure. I shall not fail you, said Sir Gaheris. And so they rode that time till a lake that was that time called the Perilous Lake, and there they abode under the shaw of the wood. The meanwhile, King Mark within the castle of Tintagel avoided all his barons, and all other, save such as were privy with him, were avoided out of his chamber. And then he let call his nephew Sir Andred, and bade arm him and horse him lightly, and by that time it was midnight. And so King Mark was armed in black, horse and all, and so at a privy postern they two issued out with their varlets with them, and rode till they came to that lake. Then Sir Kay espied them first, and gat his spear, and proffered to joust. And King Mark rode against him, and smote each other full hard, for the moon shone as the bright day. And there at that jousts Sir Kay's horse fell down, for his horse was not so big as the king's horse, and Sir Kay's horse bruised him full sore. Then Sir Gaheris was wroth that Sir Kay had a fall. Then he cried, Knight! Sit thou fast in thy saddle, for I will revenge my fellow. Then King Mark was afeard of Sir Gaheris, and so with evil will King Mark rode against him, and Sir Gaheris gave him such a stroke that he fell down. So then forwithal Sir Gaheris ran unto Sir Andred, and smote him from his horse quite, that his helm smote in the earth, and nigh had broken his neck. And there withal Sir Gaheris alighted and gat up Sir Kay, and then they yode both on foot to them, and bade them yield them, and tell their names, other they should die. Then with great pain Sir Andred spake first, and said, It is King Mark of Cornwall, therefore be ye ware what ye do, and I am Sir Andred his cousin. Fie on you both, said Sir Gaheris, for a false traitor and false treason hast thou wrought, and he both under the feigned cheer that ye made us. It were pity, said Sir Gaheris, that thou shouldst live any longer. Save my life, said King Mark, and I will make amends, and consider that I am a king anointed. It were more the shame, said Sir Gaheris, to save thy life. Thou art a king anointed with cream, and therefore thou shouldst hold with all men of worship, and therefore thou art worthy to die. 
With that he lashed at King Mark without saying any more, and covered him with his shield, and defended him as he might. And then Sir Kay lashed at Sir Andred, and therewithal King Mark yielded him unto Sir Gaheris. And then he kneeled adown and made his oath upon the cross of the sword, that never while he lived he would be against errant knights. And also he sware to be good friend unto Sir Tristram, if ever he came into Cornwall. By then Sir Andred was on the earth, and Sir Kay would have slain him. Let be, said Sir Gaheris, slay him not, I pray you. It were a pity, said Sir Kay, that he should live any longer, for this is nigh cousin unto Sir Tristram, and ever he hath been a traitor unto him, and by him he was exiled out of Cornwall, and therefore I will slay him, said Sir Kay. Ye shall not, said Sir Gaheris. Sith and I have given the king his life, I pray you give him his life, and therewithal Sir Kay let him go. And so Sir Kay and Sir Gaheris rode their way unto Dinas the seneschal, for because they heard say that he loved well Sir Tristram, so they reposed them there, and soon after they rode under the realm of Logris. And so within a little while they met with Sir Launcelot, that always had Dame Bragwaine with him. To that intent he weened to have met the sooner with Sir Tristram, and Sir Launcelot asked what tidings in Cornwall, and whether they heard of Sir Tristram or not. Sir Kay and Sir Gaheris answered and said that they heard not of him. Then they told Sir Launcelot word by word of their adventure. Then Sir Launcelot smiled and said, <laughs> Hard it is to take out of the flesh that is bred in the bone, and so made them merry together. End of Book 9, Chapters 36 to 39 Recording by Tamaril from Godbox Cafe